Let's go. Open your Bibles. Let's go to Matthew 25. Open your Bibles quickly. Let's go to Matthew 25 and get right in the Word right away. Matthew 25. Uh, we'll start in verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Amen. Lord, we, Father, thank you that your word uh, lights up the darkness today. We thank you that it does not come with the eloquence of speech, but rather demonstration of power. Let your word pierce darkness, illuminate our souls, bring us into a place of transformation. In Jesus' name. Amen. So write down, ready is full, and full is ready. He said that the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins. The virgins in the story, are, they represent us. They represent the bride of Christ. If you didn't get a chance to be a part of the, the first part of this, it was last week, and it was, it was the, the rapture told through the lens or the context of a Galilean wedding. So, the kingdom is like a bridegroom who goes away, but is set to return when it's dark. Because the bride is going to need the light to be prepared to endure the place she's in. And my question to you is, do you have enough light for the night? Now, what I, there's, there's extreme danger here that that's kind of not spoken of. The Bible tells us that in the last day, there's going to be a great falling away. You know this? In the text of, of Matthew 25, what we see is that the bridegroom tarries in his arrival. But that tarrying has... It's significant. It teaches us something when we tarry, doesn't it? Tearing purges a lot within us when we have to wait. The Bible teaches and tells us to wait on the Lord. But what I want to bring your attention to is that there were ten of them to start with. Half of them didn't make it. And the Bible says there'll be this falling away. It says that five were foolish. Now, why were they foolish? Because they didn't have any oil. The oil that's being referenced here is the Holy Spirit. And it says that the, the bride that was full with oil had enough light 
for the darkness. But the bride, who did not have any oil, did not have the light needed when the days became dark. So you can say, to be saved, just because you're saved, doesn't mean you're ready. And just because you know the bridegroom doesn't mean you're full of the Spirit. So let's get this. So you can be born again, but empty of the Spirit, and when the darkness comes, not have enough to get you through. You can further say that just because you're saved, you can say that if you're the vessel, and based on what we just read, it doesn't say, see, it didn't say that she didn't have access to the oil. It said that she knew where, she knew where to get the oil. She knew how to get the oil. She just didn't take the oil and put it in the vessel. So when the, and when the midnight hour came, we know that Jesus is coming at night, right? Because I explained that last week. But we know that he's coming at night. No man knows the day or the hour, not the angels in heaven, not even the son, but only the father knows that. But the Father has told us that the darker it gets, the more light the bride is going to need. That she has, and, and in order to, so then light, the light that you're going to need is going to come. The fire only comes from the measure of oil that you possess. So, so if you have, if you have a lot of oil, you got a lot of fire. And it says that the ones that were foolish allowed their oil lamps to be on empty. It said that they didn't take the time. The scriptures say that Jesus said this. Jesus said, you got to work in the daytime on the nighttime. You can't wait till the nighttime to start working on your light. You got to work in the day for your light when it gets dark. So you, no man works at night. They got to work. Jesus said we got to work during the day. So what he's telling us is you, when, when is the day is, is, is the lights are on, you got to work on getting the oil in, in the vessel. You got to do everything you can to get the oil in the vessel before the daylight hours turn to darkness. My question is, are you full? Do you have enough light to endure your night? Uh, I w went through Death Valley. Anybody ever been through Death Valley? Death Valley is a desert. It's, it's like millions of, of acres. Of, you've been there. So what happens is when you get ready to go through Death Valley, there's this valley, and and this valley is millions miles long. And this is the desert. But when you start, you start in Death Valley over here. 
And as you get ready to enter into Death Valley, there are signs everywhere. There are signs everywhere saying, what do they tell you? You better fill up now. Matter of fact, they say, you better fill up. And if you plan on playing around down in the valley, you better bring another can of gas for you because you'll run out of gas. So, so you, if you plan on lingering in darkness for too long, you better get yourself some cans of oil because you got to make sure, because the last thing you want to do is run out of gas in the valley of death. It's called the valley of death for nothing. It's not called that for nothing. So Jesus says, he says there's ten virgins. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. The foolish ones knew how to get the oil but didn't take the time to put the oil in the vessel. And if the oil in the story represents the Holy Spirit, my question is, when's the last time you were full of the Spirit? So Matthew 25, go, to, go with me to Ephesians 5.18. This is what Paul says, all through the Bible. It says, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with what? So Paul said to be filled Filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be, don't, don't allow yourself. Look at, look at, look at the, look at what he's saying here. So if, if you're not filled to the top of the Holy Spirit and you're allowing, if you, he says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't allow, don't, don't drink in the world, because when you drink in the world, you drink in the world, it affects your light. The potency of your light is affected by what you fill yourself with. This is, Paul, this is what Paul's saying. See, whether your light shines bright or dim will be determined by the measure of fullness that you walk in. Now ask yourself, what measure, am I full, am I full of the Holy Spirit or have I, uh, have I allowed myself to be filled with the world? Not filled with even, just, just come on, let's be real. How much of the world did you drink last week compared to how much of the Spirit did you drink last week? Now, now, here we go. If you're drinking, if you had to, if you had to take the context and, and all of your week and you say, how much of the world did I drink? How much of the news did I watch? How much of the gossip did I participate in? How much of the scrolling did I participate in? How, mu- how much of that compared to how much of God's Spirit? So the Holy Spirit. Uh, how much, and, and Paul says you've got to be full of the Holy Spirit. He said you got to be full because if, if, you let the, if you're not full of the Holy Spirit, it affects the flame. The measure of, of the fullness of the Spirit the believer walks in determines the measure of the brightness of the flame that you have when the darkness comes. So we know that Jesus is coming in the dark. So then as the days grow darker, we must become more prepared. So, so it would be wise for us then, as days become, how many, how many feel like the days are becoming darker? 
You feel that? Your spirit feel that? So then it would be wise then to stop partaking of the world as much, right? I'm speaking facetiously. It it would be wise then to eliminate how much of the world. Paul said, don't be drunk with wine. He's referencing the world's ways, which is wine, which does what? It intoxicates you. It inebriates you. It it confuses and it gives you the illusion and the deception that you're cool, that you're okay, right? It, it deceives you into believing that I'm full. What we know about, what we know about alcohol is it ferment, it, there's a fermentation process. And what Paul's referencing is the fermentation process. As you partake of the, the, the wine, it ferments. And as it ferments, it deceives you into, into believing you're full. It tells you you're full. It fills you up. It, once you partake of it, it starts to rise in, in the believer's life, and it will choke out the flame in your life. It will eliminate and diffuse the flame in the believer's life. So Paul said, don't be drunk with wine. Don't partake of the world. Be full of the Spirit. Now watch this. When he says be full of the Holy Spirit, what he's saying here is, let's go to Corinthians. I want to do this. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from what? It's from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. All right. So... Paul said, don't be full of the world. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Paul then says, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit will do is it will push out the world that's in you. So the more Holy Spirit you put in your vessel, it it rises and it overtakes and it pushes out the world. What we try to do is, I'm going to get rid of this somehow. And we try to like, we try in our own efforts to get rid of stuff. And in order to get rid of the sin in your life, that, that's not how you get rid of sin in your life. That's not how you get rid of the appetite of the flesh in your life. The way you get rid of the appetite of carnality and the appetite of the world is, is you get closer to the Holy Spirit. You have fellowship because fellowship is fullness. Fellowship will always create fullness. How do you become full? So if the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit gives us light, how do we become full? Fellowship creates fullness. Husbands, if you don't believe this, then stop fellowshipping with your wife. And the flame of intimacy will go away. Right? But if, you're, if you fellowship, so it tells me then, here's what the trick of the enemy. Distance creates darkness. Fellowship creates fullness. Paul said, be full of the Spirit. Jesus said, make sure you have oil, Holy Spirit, in your vessel. Don't just know where to get it. Don't be saved and not be full. You got to be saved and full of the Holy Spirit. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, what will happen in your life is the more you fellowship, the more you fellowship, 
the higher the flame becomes in your life and the less of the world that can stay in your vessel. Because Jesus says, I'm not, I'm not sharing my vessel. But we think that it's our job somehow to reach down inside of our vessel and remove the appetite of the, or, or the carnality of sin. It's not. All you See, here's all you got to do. All you got to do is get next to the Holy Ghost. You got to get close to the Holy If you get close to him, he'll start filling you up. He'll start filling you up. And Paul said... I pray in the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit knows how to pray when I don't know how to. How do you do that, Paul? I get close to the Holy Ghost. you got to close the distance. I want to go back and, and, and deal with this. Stop trying to get the sin out of your life, and instead, get the Holy Spirit in your vessel. The, the third person of the, of the Trinity is the most ignored. The other day, I had to return some Christmas gifts that my wife bought me. They didn't fit. She bought me Harley parts. God bless her. But they didn't fit. So I had to return them. Now, I didn't pay attention, you know, like all the other men in this room. I didn't pay attention to the details. I just thought, you know, give me the address. I'll send it back. It was a whole process. I was kind of going through it. I spent a whole day just getting these Harley parts shipped back. Uh, now, I, was, I went there, and I went to the UPS store, and I you know, got the, the shipping label, put it on there, and uh, they said, you need this number. You need this number. So I, before I, I, I took it to the UPS store, I was in my truck, and I looked, and they gave me the number, and I, I wrote the number down. Now, I had the big the big container in my, in my back seat, and, and I didn't know it was Holy Spirit then. I didn't know till after. You ever have one of those? Like, man, I wish I'd have, oh, I wish I'd have knew that was, I wish I'd have had a greater sense of discernment of the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm, I'm sitting there, and I got my marker there, and I write down the RMA number. I wrote it down. And, and as I'm writing it down, I heard myself say, but I didn't say it. The Holy Spirit said it to me. And I thought, I look back, I look, I look back. I actually looked back at the box and said, I should write this on that box. I said it to myself. I said, I should write this number. Instead of writing it on this envelope, that's Jeremiah's mail. Happy birthday, Jeremiah. Instead of writing on Jeremiah's mail, I should take this number by unction of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't, I didn't know it was him until it was too late. So I, 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 I looked back at it. It was within an arm's reach. I could have just went back. I could have literally just went like this. I could have just went RMAQ952. All right, we're good. Let's go. I didn't do that. I wrote it on the piece of paper. I took what they had. I went in. I sent it. I called Becca. I was proud. I said, Becca, I did it. I did it. I got, I got all of them shipped. She said, did you write the... Now, Becca's, Becca's the, the... She's the Holy Ghost for me sometimes. She reads the details. I, she said, did you write the RMA number on the box like the, like the instructions said? I said, no. Was I supposed to do that? She said, yeah, dummy. I said, well, I didn't do that. 
You should have told me that beforehand. And you know how good God is? He'd tell you before. He was telling me before, but I ignored him. How many times do you ignore that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit that's trying to tell you, right on the box, not on the envelope, big dummy? So, so you got to be ready. Jesus said, you got to be ready. And to be ready means you got to be full. How many, how many know you got to be full? You got to be full. Empty is dangerous. You should know that. The next time you start feeling empty of the fullness of God's spirit, the next time you, his voice becomes a little distant in your life, no, I'm in a dangerous place. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, and I can't afford to be without the oil. I gotta have the oil. What do you gotta do? I gotta get into a prayer closet. I gotta read a book. I gotta get somewhere where the Spirit of God speaks to my spirit and fills me and fills me and fills me so I'm not in the danger zone because I'm going through stuff. Now, there are times of your life where you're gonna need to, to remain full. You gotta stay on F. How many drove your car on E? I test the boundary of God's grace all the time like this. How many, time, how, many, how many times did you play this game with God? I can get back and forth to work from the office to my house four times when the light comes on. Now, about the fifth time, I'm like, I'm probably not going to make it. You got to stay full. So, so fellowship then creates fullness. How many times have you allowed distance in your relationships to happen, and that distance created insecurity and suspicion. It happens. It happens to our family. If our family doesn't fellowship consistently, we suddenly, it, you know what happens? We become suspicious. We become irritated with one another more because, because distance creates darkness, and the devil lives in the darkness. He lives in that darkness. And so what, what, if, if you were the devil, what would you do? If, there, if I was the devil and I wanted to create darkness in your life and keep the fire out of your life, if I wanted to eliminate the darkness, what would I do? I'd keep you away from church. I'd keep you away from people that could, that could uh, fan the flame in your life. I'd, I'd keep you away from people that were anointed because they, anointed, if you get around anointed people, their anointing spills into you. And so this is why the Bible tells us don't avoid the gathering of fellowship because when you get together, fellowship creates fullness. Church is about, be, is about being filled up. Wednesday is about being filled up. Life group is about being filled up because you get midweek and the hell you're going through empties you. The fire in your life begins to diminish because suddenly now the distance from you and God is noticeable. This is really, really like practical stuff. You don't, you don't fellowship with one another? Suddenly, we're gossiping. We don't believe the best of one another. We think they're talking about us behind our back. You don't love me. You, 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 you talk about me. You got suspicion. You're insecure. But the moment you get in a room and you start, you start chopping it up and you get, you get close, just get close, this is one of the things I tell our team all the time. You got to stay close. You got to stay close. Why? 
Because if you don't stay close, everything on the outside will divide what's on the inside and it'll create distance and darkness in your life. And when that distance and darkness comes, you'll think, you'll think I'm out to get you and you're out to get me and then I don't like them and they don't like us. And then, uh, then suddenly the, the enemy has completed his assignment. We're fighting with one another. We're suspicious of one another. And now all of a sudden, what we don't realize is we got no oil. And we get caught like the bride of Christ in Matthew 25, empty. We're riding on E. We're coasting on fumes. We're loving our kids on fumes. We're going to work on fumes. How do you know? How do you know when you're low? Check this out. How do you know when you're low? How do you know? How does your, your, your gas tank tell you when you're low, right? What does it do? Little lights on your, little light, little gas can light comes up and says what? Better get some gas, dummy. You're on E. You, you, I can't go. The car's telling you, I need fuel. Your, your spirit will tell you the same thing. Now go to Galatians 5.22. Galatians, your spirit will tell you the same thing. Now, I'm not going to give you what Paul gave just before this because what Paul gave before this is brutal and it'll hurt your feelings. And that's not why I'm here today, okay? I'm not here to hurt anybody's feelings today. But if you want a good homework assignment, go ahead and read a little bit before what I'm, I'm about to give you now. And you'll see that, that to, be, to be empty of the Spirit is a dangerous thing. But, but here we go. Galatians 5.22. How do you know when you're, when you're low? Check your spirit. Check the fruit of your spirit. Your spirit produces fruit. So if your spirit stops making fruit, you're in trouble. So the fruit of the spirit is what? It's love. If you are low on love, if people are bothering you all the time everywhere you go, if, if people chew, if when, your, if when your husband chews gum, you want to stick a fork in his neck, <laughs> right? If that's happening, you got blinking lights on the dashboard of your spirit, and it's telling you to fill up, man. You better get to a gas station. We are in dangerous territory. You're about to commit homicide if you don't get full, right? Full love, joy. This one confuses me about believers, I, you know, but, it, but it's evidence. See, you can be a believer, but be sad all the time. You ever see a sad believer? You know what? He, the, sad believers, they're born again. They're just not full of the Spirit, which tells me you're in danger. It's dangerous to be born again and have no oil. It's deceptive to, 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 like, to know him but not have the fire shut up in your bones. That's scary. And a lack of joy tells you you got blinking lights man you better get you better get a fill up because you're you're sad and that's that's a contradiction of who God made you to be you know joy is is the evidence to the world of the believer that God's in you joy is for the joy that was set before Jesus that he endured the cross joy he, he endured a cross he was like no I'm happy about it I'll endure this happily he wasn't sad. I don't think Jesus, how many believe Jesus was sad? He wasn't. He was full of joy. Peace. You don't have any peace? If you're always worried, you're always anxious, don't believe this. Listen, stop this. Stop this foolishness. That, like, 
just know there's going to be trouble in this stuff. It's going to be, like, it's going to be hard work. It's not all going to be easy. There are going to be perplexing times that you're going to go through. But you don't have to lose your peace in it. You have a Savior who's the king of it. You don't have to be, you know, we get the, the world will tell you, remove anxiousness from your life. Listen, anxiousness has a job. That job is to, is to move you in the direction of the Holy Ghost. Not, not a counselor. Not a psychologist. Not like get smarter. No, you can't get smart enough to get peace. The only place peace is found is the one who is the king of it, and his name is Jesus. You can't counsel depression out of you. So peace. You don't want peace? You need to get to Jesus. You need to get to the Holy Spirit, right? Long-suffering. If if you're short-suffering... You, you ever get to a place where you're short-suffering? My wife will look at me sometimes and say, you're this close, Troy. I am short-suffering with you right now. If you have short-suffering, your lights are blinking, right? If, you're, if, you, if you lack uh, kindness, you ever get to a place in your Christian walk where you lack kindness? You ever go to the grocery store and, and, and pray nobody talks to you because you know you're angry? You're walking around angry. You're not kind. You're like, like kindness. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. If you're running low on it, it's an indication that you're not full of the Spirit. Goodness. Are you just bad sometimes just because you're not full of the Spirit? You know, you just lack goodness. Faithfulness. Oh, boy, here we go. Now you're stepping on too many toes here. Now this one right here is a good indication. If you lack faithfulness in your life, you're not full. This faithfulness Man, we should just breathe for a second. How faithful are you to your commitments, to your covenants, to your, to your assignments, to what God's entrusted you to? Are you faithful? If you are inconsistent in your life, it's an indication to the believer that you're low in the spirit, right? Gentleness. Are you rough? So when I get like when I get hangry, I get rough. Anybody with me? You know, don't say it out loud. Just you know, I'm like yeah, I admit it. I have been Betty White many times and needed the Snickers. I admit it. I need it. Like there are times my wife knows it too. She's like, we got to get you some food. In the next ten minutes, it's getting ready to get ugly. We got to get you to a. We got to get you some food right away. Because as soon as I don't get no food, I'm just like, just give me headlines and bottom lines. Just tell me where to go. I just don't care. I just want to get there. Let's get this over with. Go home. Yeah, welcome to my car when I'm hungry. <laughs> and self-control. Self-control. If you lack self-control, it's an indication that you're low in the spirit. Now expository. I'm just going to go expository on you real fast. Like this is going to be fast and furious. The reason you need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, here's why. You need an advocate. If you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it's going to fire the flame in your life because it says this in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the paraclete, the paraclete, the advocate, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. It reminds you what the advocate does. The reason... See, the reason you need the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you hear me locking to me, the reason... You know, everybody raise your hand. 
Just raise your hand. Change your state. Because I need you to reconnect. Everybody just kind of you unplugged from the wall. All right. Now come back to me. The reason you need, to, you need to be full of the Holy Spirit, the reason you need to fellowship. Fellowship creates fullness. Fellowship creates, always. Fellowship creates fullness. And the reason you need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit is because you need to be full. And there, because his fullness brings to you his advocacy. His advocacy. Now, as Jesus is your advocate in heaven, he advocates for you there, and he turns down and he says, now tell them how I'm advocating here for them. When I walk through the door, watch this. When I walk through the door, Robert whispered in my ear under the unction of the Holy Spirit, and I, I, I stopped. I said, oh, that's good. He said, this is going to be a, what you say? This is going to be a bad season for your enemies. Now, now, if your spirit's receptive right there, you just picked up on that and said, I want to possess the gates of my enemy. Yeah, you're right. This is going to be a bad season for all of my enemies. The, the enemy is in trouble in this next few months of my life. You better watch out, which makes me, which activates my spirit and says, let me be real aggressive in the next three months. Because it's going to be, if it's going to be a bad season for my enemies, that tells me it's an accelerated moment of victory in my life. And as, the, as Jesus prays there, he's our advocate there, but the Holy Spirit is the advocate of the Trinity here for you and I. You ever need an advocate? You do. You need an advocate. You need somebody to remind you of what Jesus is telling the Father about you. And the, and the closer you get to the Holy Spirit, the, the more the Holy Spirit will tell you and say, listen, you're getting ready to go through something, but let me tell you something. Jesus has already talked to Dad about it, and you're cool. You're going to make it, but just stay right here. God, Jesus has got you. The Father has already taken care of it. Don't you sweat it. Don't you go that way, but just stay right here. He's your advocate, but you, he's not your advocate if you ain't talking to him. He can't be your advocate unless there's fellowship. In order for him to be an advocate, there has to be communication and intimacy. Proximity has to, the distance between you and the Holy Ghost has to close. Because it's practical, man. The Holy Spirit is practical in your life. It's not just goosebumps and, and, and shataba and falling on the ground, right? It's not all of that. It's like, no, he's an advocate. Number two, he's a comforter. The reason you need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit is because he will comfort you. John 14, again, this word means many things. The paraclete, the paraclete, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Do you ever get to a place where you feel like you are all alone? And nobody understands what you're going through? And you can't share what you're going through? You don't... You don't trust man enough like David said. I don't trust man as far as I can see him. I trust God more than I trust man, so I'm not going to give anything to man. Jesus said it too. I know what's in man. I don't trust him. Right? But you ever get to a place where you're alone? You need a comforter. You can't have comfort if you don't have the Holy Spirit. And you need comfort in your life. You need real comfort in your life. When you feel all alone, you feel hopeless, you feel despair, you feel rejected, you feel shame, you need the Holy Spirit. And the words of a man are just not going to be enough. You need the words of God. 
and not the word of God in the logos. You need the word of God in the rhema, in the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost, the voice of the Godhead to speak to me and bring comfort. He said, if you're close to the Holy Spirit, bring comfort to you. Number three, he brings conviction. John 16, 7, 8 said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Here's Jesus. This is, once again, this is all tied to being the wedding. It's all tied to the Galilean wedding. He said, it's, it's, it's advantageous to go away. If I don't go away, what? The helper won't come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He exposes sin to reveal righteousness. I can't tell you how much we need this. Distance creates darkness, and the devil lives in the darkness. And, and what, like, once again, if I was the devil, I would let distance, I would, I would try to pull you as far away from the Holy Ghost as possible so you'd be on E, so you're not even touched with the tinge of conviction, so you keep meddling in the dissipation of this world, so you keep drinking the world, you keep smoking the world, you keep entertaining the world, you keep scrolling the world, you keep gossiping the world, you keep hearing the world, you keep professing the world, you keep thinking the world, and before you know it, your flame is gone and you are dead dark. Yes, if I was the enemy, I would take away conviction from you. But the conviction is the gift of God to the believer. It's the gift of righteousness. It says, no, you are not what he's trying to tell you you are. You are not the sin that you do. You are greater than that. I made you for so much more than that. The gift of God is conviction to the believer, but it's only felt with fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Conviction can only come through the Holy Ghost. You know, what, you know what happens to believers when they distance themselves from the Holy Ghost? They, they just, they grow cold. They, they become pretentious. They go through all the religious ceremonies. They do everything they used to do before. They just don't have any proximity to the Spirit. You don't feel the Holy Spirit. Conviction. If you're convicted, you should, you should dance. You should dance. You should be so excited. Oh, man, God loves me so much. He's reconfirming to me that I'm not my failure. I'm not my shame. I'm not what I did. I'm greater than that. He's got greater things for me. I'm so glad, God, that you speak conviction to me. Oh, it's, it's proof that I'm, I, I have closed the distance between me and you. Thank you, God, for your conviction. That's why you need conviction. That's why you need fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Number four, it, it, the Holy Spirit reveals truth. John 16, 3 to 15. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will what? He's going to guide you in this further truth. Not of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. He will expose lies and lead you into truth. He won't, you see, he will, he'll reveal truth before truth is visible. Because the trick of the enemy, look at the trick of the enemy here, is to, is to like give you the impression that the direction, it's just a false direction. That's the lie. But the Spirit will lead you into paths of truth and around the lies. The enemy, what he'll do is like, he'll put the lies in front of you 
and, and stop you from walking the trail of truth. But the Holy Spirit, you're close to the Holy Spirit. This is what he did for me about, about a month ago. I thought, now, I felt like I needed to go to this conference. I registered for this conference, and I went to this conference, and when I went to the conference, it wasn't a conference at all. It was something else. And I thought, why am I here? I began to think about, why am I here? And then, and then suddenly, I, I, I had this other conversation with this other elder, and then this elder began to say things to me that was revealing the path in front of me. He was revealing the truth of the path of God in my life, and now suddenly I, I began to understand. Oh, oh, I get it. I, did, I wasn't here for that. The Holy Spirit brought me here so you could reveal the truth that was in front of me, and God's trying to reveal truth in front of you. Just See, God's trying to indicate the direction you're supposed to go, but that can't happen with distance between you and the Holy Spirit. The enemy, no wonder the enemy steps in and says, you should go that way. You should go that way. But if you're close to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will show you the way to go. He'll reveal truth in the path that you take. Number five, he reveals wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. He reveals wisdom. He gives you wisdom. You're not that smart. The books you read aren't enough, right? The, 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 the classes you take, that's not what you need. He reveals wisdom, the deep things of God. He, he reveals them. There's treasures hidden in your future, and you'll never find them unless you're close to the Holy Spirit. There, I mean, there are, there are pearls, great pearls, hidden, but can't be revealed except the relationship with the Holy Spirit. He reveals wisdom. He gives you, he, he, he like tells you things. This is why he says of the youth. He said, I'll give you the wisdom of the ancients. This is what he said. You can't have that wisdom. You could have it. Listen to me. You can have the wisdom of the elders without the experience of pain if you have the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you'd be as dumb as a brick. No, worse yet, worse yet, because the world will indoctrinate you. So the world will indoctrinate you a certain way and deceive you and confuse you, and you won't be none the wiser. A relationship with the Holy Spirit reveals wisdom for your future. Number six, it reveals power. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive. I'm going to get power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria and all the other ends of the world. When you're weary, it's because you're not close to Jesus, not close to the Holy Spirit. You ever get tired? Most weariness in the believer's life comes from the distance created by the enemy. You're exhausted, you're, 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 you're stressed out, you're, you're tired. You're <laughs> like... It's interesting to me. Where's the passion? Where's the passion? Where's your passion? Where's your fire? Tell me. 
If you're a Christian and you don't have any passion, I got questions. If, you, if, you're, a, if you're a Christian and you ain't got no praise, I got questions. I got questions. I begin to wonder, where's your passion? Where's your fire? Because what I know about those who are full of the Spirit is they carry fire. They carry fire. Fire is an indication of power. I'm not saying you have to, I'm not saying you have to, like, pretend. But you can't suppress either. You can't pretend, but you can't, like, you can't say you got it when you really don't got it. It's evident when you have it. And a believer who has it, a believer who is full, will always, there will always be the evidence of the fire of God in your life. And on the day that they were baptized, the fire came. And when the fire came, what happened? Fire was evident upon each of their, uh, on top of each of them. It was evident because of the fullness of the Spirit. It said that the Spirit of God filled the room. And as the Spirit of God filled the room, it filled the believer. And as it filled the believer, what happened? The fire of God came upon each of them, and it was, there was, because of that, there was evidence of the power of God that they had. So where's your passion? You, a passionless believer is a powerless believer. I don't, like I said, it doesn't have to look like, you, you don't have to look like Pastor Dion. But there must be a manifestation of the passion of God that's an indication of the fire of God that tells you that you've been full of his spirit. Always. Always. Number seven. He's a giver of security. Watch this. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 says, In him also you trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. If you are full of the Holy Spirit, you will not be tempted to perform for anyone. You will be confident of who God made you to be. You will not feel this insecurity inside of you to compete with anyone, to become anyone else, to put your resume out there. I don't have to compare myself to anyone. I don't have to compete with anyone. I don't have to be anything that anyone is trying to make me be. I am secure in who God made me to be because I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You can stop performing. You don't have to feel the obligation to get up here or to do something out there or to live a certain way. You can just be, ex you could be so confident of who God made you to be, you become unapologetic in it. They say, if you don't like it, I don't care. Jesus loves me, and that's all that matters. Because when you are full of the Holy Spirit, you become so secure in who God made you to be. You're not going to be perfect, but you are going to be confident. Security creates confidence. And you'll get up here and sing like you've never sung before. You will pray like you never prayed before. You'll work like you never worked before. When you'll stop allowing yourself to live by the expectations of others, you are confident. 
insecure. That's, but if you're not, that's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will make you secure. Lack of the Holy Spirit, you'll be timid, insecure. For God has not given us a spirit of, but of what? Love, sound mind. That's the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, suddenly you become powerful, secure, confident, full of God. Now suddenly, there's nothing you can't do. Number eight, you'll be a prayer warrior on earth. You get close to the Holy Spirit, and you'll become the mightiest prayer warrior the world has ever known. Watch this, Romans 8, 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. If we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You get full of the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, watch this, you can make God pray for you. <laughs> Jesus said something. Once again, lift your hands. Let's just lift your hands. Come on. I need you to reconnect. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Almost, almost done. Amen. Jesus stood in front of, Jesus stood in front of the tomb of Lazarus. Before he prayed, he looked up to heaven. You know what he said? He said, Father, I thank you that when I pray, you always hear me. You always hear me when I pray. That means that he doesn't hear others, but he always hears Jesus. Now, what you need to tap into is the next time you're tempted to pray in your strength, you need to start praying in the strength and the fullness of the Spirit because the third person of the Trinity now begins to pray. You now have tapped into God's prayers. Now suddenly, the Holy Spirit is praying. God himself is praying for what it is you're interceding for. And God said, and Jesus said to the Father, you always answer my prayers. And if you want your prayers to be answered, you need to start praying in the Spirit. Pray. This is why Paul said, I always pray in the Spirit. I, gotta, I, can't, I can't pray in the Spirit enough. Why? Because when I pray in the Spirit, God starts praying for me. It's not me praying, it's God praying. And when God prays, he don't, he's always going to answer his prayers. I used to think, I used to think this, that control was an illusion. I don't believe that anymore. I, I, I don't believe, I believe that believers have control. I believe you can control, you can control weather. This is what the Bible tells me. Under the unction of the Spirit, you can control the weather. You can control health, sickness. You can control. You, you got a lot of control. So where, uh, yeah, 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 the world can't control nothing. But the one who hangs on the earth, he can control everything, baby. He got everything on lockdown. And so, but what happens is the fervent prayer of a righteous man can't avail outside of the fullness of the Spirit. So if I want to see my, the prayers be in control, I've got to start praying in the Spirit. I've got to be full 
of the Spirit to make my prayers effective. Number nine, he's a resurrector, Romans 8, 10 to 11. And if Christ is in you, the, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through what? His spirit who dwells in you. That means any dead thing you're dealing with, any dead, deceased thing, anything dies in your life, get close to the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he's a resurrector, the same spirit. He will... Now, now, just think with me for a minute. Are you, is this really what Paul is suggesting here? That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead? You say, I've never felt that. Well, perhaps you've never been full of it. But the Bible doesn't lie. You can, you can say what you want. But the Bible just told me, if I'm full of the spirit, if I'm full of the spirit, the same spirit that snatched the grave away from Jesus is the same spirit that will resurrect the grave, any grave I face in my life. So be full of the spirit and you'll have resurrection power. If you don't have any resurrection power, be full of the spirit. Be full of the spirit. Number 10, sanctifier. I got two more and then I'm done. Number 10, he's a sanctifier. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these things are contrary to one another, so that, so that you do not do the things that you wish. I said this earlier. But if you're trying to get sin out of your vessel, this stuff right here. You say, I'm trying to get this stuff out of my vessel. And you're trying to, like, pour it out. You're trying to somehow purge it out. You're trying to like be good it out. You're trying to be holy out. You're trying to pray it out. You're trying to like fast it out. You're trying to do all those things. No, no, no. How, how do you get it out? How do you get it out? You ever do this? You ever do this at home? You take a cup to the, to the, to the sink and there's something in the cup and you turn the water on. And instead of like washing it out and doing like that, you just sit it there. And what happens? Eventually... What's being put in is going to drive out what was already in. And so the, so the spirit is, is just like this. You want to get sanctified. You want to get separated? Get Put more spirit in your life. Keep putting spirit in your life. And before you know it, all of this dark stuff is going to start pouring out the other side. And it's going to go down to the depths of hell where it belongs because it doesn't belong to you. So if you want to get sanctified... Pour more of the Holy Spirit in. The more Holy Spirit you pour in, the more of the toxicness that comes out. All that toxicity comes out of you. Amen? Amen. And, then, and I'll close with this. Get close to the Holy Spirit because he's light. He is light. And do you have enough light for your night? 1 Corinthians 2.10, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things. The Spirit illuminates the darkness. And if you're full of the Spirit, if you're full of the Spirit, it don't matter what shadow you walk into. It will, it will bring light to that shadow. I don't care what darkness 
you walk into, if you are full of the oil of God, the Holy Spirit, you walk into darkness, that darkness flees from your light. But if you're looking for darkness to flee without the oil, you're in trouble. We're in trouble. You walk in the rooms and they're dark and you're not full, or you walk in half full, don't be in the middle of something half full. You get in the middle of like, you get in the middle of a, of, of a fight with cancer, half full. You get in the middle of darkness that's crept into your marriage. Something came in, the enemy came in, darkness came in, and you get in the middle of it and you get half full. And the only way to get it back, run. Run to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, stand on your feet with me. Say, Holy Spirit, I can't afford to be out here in all of this darkness without illumination from you. So I take the fire of God. I say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. God, ignite me. Ignite me. He cannot ignite what you won't fill. He said, but I want the power of God. I want the fire of God. I, I want the strength of God. I want the light of God in my life. You can't have it without fullness. Because it says that five of them were wise. They kept it full. But five were foolish. They thought there was another day. There's another day coming. I'll get, I'll get full tomorrow. I'll go get some oil tomorrow. I'll do that. I'll do that. I, God, I will. Holy Spirit, I will. We'll do that tomorrow. I'll put that off. But, and, but it says that he comes like a thief in the night. He's like a thief in the night, and he's going to come. And when he comes, you're not going to have enough time to go get ready. You got to get ready when it's daytime. So with my hands raised high, I said, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me again. Keep me on full. Say, Holy, Holy Spirit, fill your people again. We hunger. How, who shall be filled? Those who hunger and thirst. He said, if you'll hunger and thirst, and you'll just close the distance, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you, and I'll fill you to overflowing, and I'll cause you to catch on fire. I say, fill your people, Holy Spirit. Fill your, your people. Create in us, O oh God, a hunger for the presence of the Holy Spirit and an awareness of your presence everywhere, every second of our day, bringing conviction to our hearts when we allow distance to take us from you and darkness to pervade. Keep us convicted. Keep me, O oh God. Keep me convicted. Search me, O oh God. Keep me convicted.
Keep me. You're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior. Pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus. If you're watching online, pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus. You're either ready or you're not. You're either fooled or you're not. You're either going to heaven or you're not. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sin. Come into my heart. I repent. I ask you to come into my heart because that is where the issues of life come from. And I ask you to make me new, brand new. Make me new. I want to start new with you again today. Now take this life that I give to you willingly and change this world all for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus as we close today? What's my son's birthday today? I want to bring him to the stage. Where is he at? Did he run out of here? Where'd he go? Go get that kid. Everybody, everybody wish my son a happy birthday today as he comes to the stage. Jeremiah Burris, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Come on, everybody, sing as long as you can. Happy birthday Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Um, Jeremiah, on the behalf of DSN, we all just want to wish you a very happy birthday, and we love and appreciate you, and we just thank, thank you that you helped us grow stronger in our faith. We love you. Thank you for all your time. <laughs> Thank you for all your time and dedication that you put into DSM. Have a happy birthday and have the best day. And then here's a card for you on behalf of DSM. I just want to say that I will forever appreciate the love that you poured into all of us, the guidance and the discipline that you've given all of us, and just to push forward and Get stronger in Christ, and I just want to say that. Love you, and uh, happy birthday. <laughs> I don't know you much, but however, I wanted to say that I really see that you're like such a strong three, and that's inspired me, and I'm sure that inspired them to believe more, to love more, and thank you for the love. And if on the count of three, we can all just sing happy birthday, that'll be great. Okay, one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jeremiah. Happy birthday to you. We love you. Well, it's been a pleasure being with you today. I want you to know we're praying for you. We love you. Believing for the best in 2023. Can't wait to see what God has for the rest of this year. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Don't forget Wednesday. Love to see you here. God bless you as you go.